us be Jesus in me brings us to the point of the writing of the Apostle Paul of our own lives each and every day. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and verse number 2 is where we're going to be today as we take a look at the things that the Apostle Paul has written I did go through and triple check and quadruple check all of the passages last night, running all the way through them, making sure they correspond, of course, to each other. And I will say this about these two opening verses of chapter number 12. They're probably some of the most common verses that you hear taught on, preached on, or whatever. But I want to kind of share them just from a little bit different, maybe, perspective uh, today when you consider our life as a believer One of the things that it says, and he begins with the word therefore, and it's interesting that it begins with therefore because after everything that Paul has been through in writing about so far in the letter to the the church at Rome, he comes to chapter number 12, and the first two verses are basically a summation of everything that is a part of our life in Jesus Christ. And so that's why in the opening words of this particular passage of Scripture, as you look at them and be and begin to un, uncover them, one of the things that we find is that verse 1 speaks of our choice to offer ourselves to God. And let me say this to you, as a born-again believer, it's our choice as to whether or not we offer ourselves up to God for God to do in our hearts and lives what He desires. And so therefore, as it says in verse 1, therefore, Paul goes on to write, he says, I urge you, And some have it written, I beseech you, okay? I I urge you. Paul says, this is an urging from me to you as I write this. And I want you to notice who he's writing to. He's writing to believers. He's writing to the brethren. He said, therefore, I urge you, brethren, or I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, uh, by the very mercy of God himself. When you consider yourself as a born-again believer, understanding and realizing it's only because of God's mercy that you're where you are. It's only because of his great love for us that you're where you are as a born-again believer today. It's based upon the very mercy of God himself. God saw fit to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to take our place, to pay a debt that you and I could never pay. And as a result of that, to offer us the gift of grace. And, and so when we consider that, Paul says, I want you to understand this. He said, therefore, in light of everything that I've written so far, everything that I've been through, as Paul has dealt with all of the subjects about being born again and what it means to be truly born again, he said, I urge you by the very mercies of God that you do something in your life. And this is what he asks us to do. As he writes as he says, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice. A living sacrifice, not a dead one, a living one. One that's alive. You know, matter of fact, Peter, in Peter's letter, wrote about we have a lively hope. We have a living hope. Our hope is not dead. You know, that, that, that life that we live now in the flesh, uh, because we're still here in this earthly tabernacle of ours, But when we live the life that we've been called to live and we understand the privilege that we have that has been given to us because of the mercy of God himself and the love of God himself, 
then there is absolutely nothing other than for us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, something that is alive, something that when others see us from around the different parts of our lives, all of our circles of influence, all of us have circles of influence. All of us have areas, all of us have relationships, all of us have ones that we're connected with, that we're a part of. And so as a result of that, one of the things that ought to be seen in our lives is that we have a living hope. We have a hope that is grounded in Jesus Christ himself. But he doesn't, he doesn't say just a living sacrifice, he said, but also holy you know, that is one of the things that I think sometimes Baptists get a little concerned about when you start talking about holiness and living a life that is holy. I will say this to you today. It is time for us to get back that we live lives that are holy. Lives that are holy, lives that are pleasing to God, living sacrifices. In other words, lives that are alive because of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, we're not ashamed to share that with those that are around us and that we come in contact with. And then he goes on in verse number one, and he said, which is acceptable to God. Uh, that's what's acceptable to him, is a living sacrifice, a holy life. And I think sometimes we have placed God in an area today that God should not be brought down to that level. We need to get back to the point that we put God back up to the place that he belongs. He is a holy God. And so, therefore, as believers, one of the things that we also need to understand that when we come to him, when we live our lives every day, we ought to live our lives accordingly. We ought to live our lives holy. And understanding and realizing that Paul wrote that that's acceptable to God. That's what's acceptable to him. And then it goes on to say, which is your spiritual service, or some say it, which is your reasonable service, all right, is your spiritual service of worship. It's who, it's who we are you know, I talk to people all the time, and they, they can't wait to get back to a worship service on Sunday. Well, let me share something with you. Do you realize that you can worship on Monday? You can worship on Tuesday? You can worship on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? You don't have to wait till Sunday to come back to a building to worship. See, as we understand our relationship that we have with Jesus Christ of being born again by the very mercies of God himself then it ought to be a time of worship in our hearts and lives each and every day Monday through Sunday of our lives to just to to praise him to worship him for who you are understanding and realizing because what we have today you and I could not accomplish on our own if it were not for the mercies of God if it were not for the love of God if it were not for the grace of God then my dear friend, I don't know if we understand this today, but we would, be, we would have no hope at all. That's who we would be. We would be of, of men most miserable because we would have absolutely nothing, just like the song that Brother Lewis sang just a moment ago. When you understand that, it's all about Jesus Christ and the relationship that we have with him, but also understanding that we're to be a living sacrifice, holy, and all of that is what's acceptable to God. If we try to live life any other way, then I will tell you something. We're living contrary to the way that Scripture says that we ought to live. As a matter of fact, our desire should be to please Him. Our desire should be to please God in everything that we do. Our desire should be for us to be the people that God has called us to be in our own lives and to represent Him and to be the ambassador of Jesus Christ that we've been called to be. But then we come to verse number 2. 
in verse number two, we see two activities that are necessary for coming to the point in our lives where we're living out as a living sacrifice and being holy and acceptable to God. And here's the two means, or here's the two ways that that is accomplished. When you look at verse number two, notice what Paul wrote. He says, and be not conformed to this world. I want to tell you something. That's getting difficult for many. Not to be conformed to this world. But notice the next statement that Paul makes. And it's interesting in his next statement because his next statement is this. And not to be transformed or to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we're not to be conformed, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renewing of our minds to what? Well, notice what all Paul goes on to say in the next part of verse number two. So that you may prove what the will of God is. It's who we are in our relationship with him. It's about what we do. It's about understanding and knowing the will of God. And notice the end of verse number two. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Here comes the tough part of all of this. And I want to say something to you this morning. When Paul wrote, and be not conformed to this world, I'm not talking about a list of do's and don'ts here. I'm not talking about a list of rules here that we make up within ourselves. Well, I mean, you claim to be a born-again child of God, but yet you do this, 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 and this. And you don't do this, 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 and this. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can become very pharisaical in the way that we act. We can become very pharisaical in the church because instead of basing the way that we ought to live off of Scripture, now all of a sudden we begin to set all of these man-given rules of the way that we ought to act and not act. My dear friend, one of the things that we need to be thankful for today is because of the grace of God, we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It should be a living sacrifice. It should be holy. We should seek to live a holy life. And I will say this to you today. The only way that you will know the way that you ought to act and live in the life that we live in today is to read the Scripture. And to follow the Scripture. Not to be conformed to this world and that's difficult because the culture that we're in today is forever changing. And matter of fact, when you, when you listen to it and you see all of the writing that's taking place uh, concerning the culture that we live, we have everything today from cancel culture all the way to woke. We have critical race. We have all of that that, that makes up this culture that we live in today. And the culture that we live in today is moving down a very, some people refer to progressive, I refer to it more of a liberal progressive route in the direction that it's taking us. I mean, I never thought I would see the day in the state of Louisiana that the things would have come out of our legislature and have been put into place. I just never thought I would have seen that day of that. But it's happened. So how do we live? How are we supposed to respond? What should we be seeking in our own hearts and lives as we live out our lives every day? I can say this. We need to live in such a way that we represent Jesus Christ in our lives. How is that? How do we live that way? You know, one of the things that you've heard, I tell you what, let's do this. Go to 1 Peter chapter number 1. I want you to notice what Peter wrote concerning this same subject. 1 Peter chapter number 1. And I know there is a... Listen, 
there is as much, um, I guess, debate and controversy today concerning this subject as there has ever been. And everyone's got their opinions. Well, let me say one thing to you this morning. The only opinion that matters is what this says. I care less what all the other opinions are. What matters is what this says. We should be a living sacrifice. We should seek to live a life that's holy. Notice the way Peter writes about this same subject that Paul wrote about in chapter number 12, beginning in verse 13. Notice what Peter writes. He said, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Don't want to lose anybody this morning, okay? Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But I want you to notice verse 15 and verse 16. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. In all of your behavior. Because it is written. Peter bringing from the Old Testament, and here's what it says. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Holiness. There's nothing wrong with holiness. There is nothing wrong with holy living in our lives is, at all. And think about it from this perspective. As citizens of heaven, Paul writing to the church at Philippi in chapter 3 and verse number 20, he made this statement, our citizenship is in heaven. And I don't sometimes think we understand, but do you realize and understand that as a born-again child of God and the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, that's already there. That relationship is already there. And sometimes I think we get to the, to the mindset that, well, you know, when, when it comes time and, 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 I, and I die and, and I find myself in the presence of the Lord, then I'll start being this born-again child of God that I'm supposed to be. No, folks, listen to me. It starts now. Every day that we live, it starts now. That's the way we should live our lives each and every day, beginning now for the day when we do get there. And aren't you going to be glad of this? When we get there, all of this will be gone. Because one of the things that Paul also goes on to write, he said, we are to set our minds in writing to the church at Colossae in chapter 3 and verse number 2. Paul wrote, he said, we're to set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. These things that are temporal, these things that are temporary, all of this one day is going to go away. All of this one day is going to be destroyed. And the only thing that's going to matter one day is the relationship that we have between us and Jesus Christ. Those things that are not earthly, those things that are heavenly, where our attention and where our focus should be today on those grand and glorious things. You know, just as we baptized this morning, and the three that we baptized this morning, I'm going to tell you something, it, it ought to be a celebration time. Because when we understand that during this baptismal time, it is a picture of what took place on the inside in the heart. 
now these three individuals have a relationship with Jesus Christ and one day they will spend all of eternity with him it ought to be a celebration for us. it ought to be something that we celebrate it ought to be something that's grand and glory to us to us as we consider the magnitude of the very mercies of God himself and the great love that he has for us to desire and to motivate us to live lives that are living sacrificial that's tough let me tell you what a living sacrifice you know what sacrifice means it means giving up something for holy lives Paul reminded the Galatians matter of fact turn with me to Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 4 Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4 Paul reminds the church at Galatia as he writes to them of the age that we live in and, and, and considering the commentary of the age that Paul was living in so consider the age that we live in today and notice what he says in verse number 4 he said who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father to whom be the glory forevermore amen Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 4 might rescue us from this present evil world I don't know about you But I would say we live in a present evil world today. So what does this do for the church? Paul writing to the church at Rome. Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Paul writing to the church at Colossae. Paul writing to the church at Galatia. As Paul wrote all of this to these different churches. And let me tell you what Paul is emphasizing here. The church. The churches we know it. I'm talking about the bride of Christ the body of born again believers referred to as the church one of the things that I think we need to understand and realize today is the church should stand out from the world as a demonstration of God's own intention for man the church ought to stand out the church today ought to be at the place that we begin and have an influence in the world that we live in in the community that we live in and in the area that we live in to be able to impact others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to be afraid to stand up and say, yes, I am a believer of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. I follow Jesus Christ in my life. Something about who we are. And I'll just say this this morning. To be culturally identified with the world is to place the church at risk. church should be different it should be different and let me tell you what ought to happen and be very careful with this the church ought to be different but we also and, and here's what I don't understand you know when we invite people to come into this place matter of fact those that are lost don't know Jesus Christ as their personal savior when we invite them here why is it that we invite them to come into this place and we expect them to be at this level that they're not huh 
they need Jesus Christ as their personal savior and yet when we share Christ it's almost like we expect them to all of a sudden go through this this change like overnight okay or even before they become a believer in Christ they step into this building and it's almost like they should change that's not what Paul is saying Paul in Romans chapter number 12 he's writing to believers he's not writing to the lost believers should be the salt and the light Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 through verse 14 in the sermon on the mount as Jesus was speaking one of the things that Jesus said is you know we're to be the we're to be the light not hid under a bushel but set on a hill so it can be seen salt and when you think about salt we should be the salt of the earth whenever you put salt in a womb or salt is also used to preserve meat or when it's placed into a womb what it causes when it's placed into the womb into the wound so therefore as believers who are we to be you're the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost its savor if it's lost its flavor what good is it it's not good at all as one writer wrote I thought this was interesting what he shared we should not allow the world to squeeze us into its own mold but are you ready for this but it can happen before we know it Let's go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Paul told the believers to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. What does it mean to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? What was it that Paul was saying there? What was it that Paul was writing? Basically what Paul was writing is worldly influence must be rejected. It must be rejected in the lives that we live. However, that alone, that alone will not create the kind of change that God has in mind for believers. Just to reject it, something else has to happen. There's an action on our side to be holy, a living sacrifice, to make it a part of our lives every day who we are. In other words, let me put it to you this way. It should be intentional. It should be a part of the way that we live every day from an intentional perspective. To live the way that God intends for us to live. To live the way that God intends for us to be. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes that's the tough part. Because I will tell you this. Our fleshly nature does not want to go that direction. Our fleshly nature does not want that to be a part of our lives. Our fleshly nature says, well, yeah, but I want to do this, and 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 I want to do it my way, and I could care less about anything else, and that is just not correct. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You see, real and lasting change comes from within inside. It takes place on the inside. What do we so desperately need today in the world that we live in? I can tell you what it is. We need heart transformations. That's what needs to take place. But are you ready for this as a believer? 
What about us? What about us? So how do you take Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and apply it to us today and where we live in our own lives? Well, here you go. We must let ourselves be transformed. How does that transformation take place? Through the working of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, it's the Holy Spirit of God that brings about that transformation. But here's the other side of that coin. and This is the reason it doesn't happen so often is because we're not willing to allow it to be. We're not willing to allow ourselves to submit to that transformation in our own lives. So what is Paul saying in, in verse 2? This transformation that Paul speaks of in chapter 12 and verse 2 of the book of Romans is not a change effected from within or from without a radical reorientation that begins deep within the human. Let me, let me put it to you this way. Let me define it for you this way. It's called a supernatural change that takes place in the heart and the life of an individual. And that supernatural change that takes place then is what allows us to be able to begin to live the way that we ought to live. It's a supernatural change. It's a living sacrifice. It's a life that's holy and acceptable to God. It's desiring to please Him with everything that we are and everything that we do. And a renewed mind is concerned with those issues of life that have lasting importance. So as we define the priorities in our life, where are the priorities of our life defined to be? Where are they? How do we define them? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, and I'll finish with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16. Notice what Paul writes. He said, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Which one's being renewed day by day? It's the inner man. Not the outer. The outer is decaying. We're all getting older. And some things don't work just the way they, all, they used to work. And matter of fact, when we look in the mirror, sometimes things just don't look quite the same as they used to. And matter of fact, when somebody slips out a picture that's 30 years ago, and you look at that picture, and you look at the picture of you now, and you wonder what in the world happened. It's called the decaying of the outer man. But as the outer man decays, one of the things that ought to be taking place is the inner man ought to be renewed day by day. And that's what Paul is writing here. And then he goes on to say, For momentary, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Beyond all comparison. And while we look not at the things which are seen, Paul says, in other words, we don't dwell on the things that are seen. Our emphasis is not on those things that are temporal. Our emphasis is not on those things that we can just see in front of us, but at the things which are not seen. 
the things that we can't see. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. They have eternal ramifications. So my question today is, where is your gaze? Where is your view today? Where is your life today? Is it dwelling on things that are temporary or is it dwelling on those things that have eternal ramifications of eternal importance where is our hearts today is our hearts being transformed as a result of the grace of Jesus Christ himself and then our mind being transformed as well that we seek every day to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that we worship in our lives each and every day. We spend time with Him and Him alone. And my dear friend, the only way that we're ever going to get to the point that we can be the, to, the, to the person that God desires for us to be is we've got to spend time with Him. and Spend time in the Word of God to spend time worshiping. And I think sometimes we get this mindset today of what we define worship to be. Let me tell you something. When you look at the scripture, you can worship the Lord every single day. And we should because of his great love for us. So therefore, I urge you, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is our reasonable service, or our spiritual service of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's how it takes place. Not being conformed to the world, by transforming our minds so that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of who? Of God. So how do we see that today? How do we see that from our own lives? Let's be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the time that we can have here to spend together today in this place. And Father, we thank you that we can come into this place and can worship you. And Father, as we worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth, Father, I pray that your word would find a place in our hearts. And that, Father, we would realize that we can worship on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Father, all the way through till we gather back together corporately in this place. But, Father, may we understand and realize also today that the world is forever changing. And, Father, as it's moving at a, it's such a, a rate of speed today may we redeem the time today to make the best use of the time today to to use the time for you because the days that we find ourselves are are, are that we find ourselves in are evil and father progressively getting worse and father may we understand and realize that there's so many people today that need you in their hearts and lives Father, may we share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ with them. May we take it. May we take the gospel to them. And Father, each day to live a life that is pleasing to you. May that be our desire more than anything else. And Father, I pray for that one today that needs Jesus Christ in their own heart and life.
Father, I pray that today they would realize and see their need of Jesus Christ, the one who can fill all that is necessary in our lives. And Father, I pray today that they would give their heart and life to you. And so, Father, we place this time now into your hands pray your perfect will be done and we ask it all in Jesus name and for his sake amen I'm going to ask you to stand together with me brother Red's going to come lead us in a time of invitation as he does if God has spoken to your heart in some way whether it may be baptism church membership salvation if you're here today and want to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ the invitation is yours it's all about him it's not about us as we worship together this morning as brother Red leads us now And notice the words, I have decided to follow Jesus. Have we? As we sing it together this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning. acceptable and pleasing to you father god father that we would sacrificially give this day father to continue the many things that you have for ascension baptist church as we minister to our community as we minister around the world father god father as we minister within our own body of believers here father god the family of god father may you be blessed may you bless the giver this day we love you in jesus name amen you may be seated for our offering
You know confession's good for the soul. I told Logan when we baptized him, I'm one fe- I had a fear in baptizing him, that I was going to call him his brother Connor. And then I prayed for him for our baptism, and I did call him his brother Connor during the entire prayer. He said, that's all right, Brother Marvin. I know I'm getting baptized today. So he helped me out there. But, Logan, we want to ask you to come and get your Bible. Every time one of our children or our teens get baptized, we present them with a copy of God's Word. It's a teen study Bible, um, New King James Version. So that is for you to use and to apply to your life and to read and to get many, many years of use out of it. Brother Robert. Things that's always important. And uh, I hope that you'll see here the Word of God is central to all that we do. And placing a copy of the Word of God into the hands of each one is so important. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And trust you have a wonderful afternoon. And uh, 6 o'clock tonight, uh, we'll be back here for our scheduled business meeting. And so we look for you here tonight at 6 o'clock. All right, let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we've had to have been in this place today. Father, as we have celebrated these that have followed you in scriptural baptism. Father, I pray that for their lives ahead of them, they would seek to just spend time with you each day. Father, to be what you've called them to be, to be the disciple of Jesus Christ, to be a follower of Christ as an ambassador to what's been done in their own heart and life. Father, may they carry the gospel with them wherever they go. May they share it with those that they come in contact with each and every day. Father, when we leave this building today, may we also understand and realize that when we leave out from these walls, Father, we enter into an area where we have the opportunity to present Jesus Christ to those who do so desperately need him. Go before us, I pray this morning. We ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You're dismissed.